0: to John chapter 20 and then 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In John 20 we're going to pick up the story a little bit after uh, the morning of the resurrection. It's actually in the evening of the day that Jesus rose from the dead. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, "'Receive the Holy Spirit. "'If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. "'If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld.'" Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, "'We have seen the Lord,' but he said to them, "'Well, unless I see, uh, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails "'and place my finger into the mark of the nails,' And place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although, Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And then to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and His grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have also perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. Well, one of the uh, things we started here at City Temple, and I have to say that at first, I wasn't sure if I was gonna like it or not, uh, was these WhatsApp groups. Uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a solid 20th century guy in terms of technology. Uh, you know, I, I remember when phones didn't fit in your pocket, uh, that kind of thing. No, I'm not that bad, really. I, I like technology. Uh, But I wasn't sure about WhatsApp, Uh, and we started a bunch of WhatsApp groups, and uh, we had one for the prayer room, we have one for prayer in general, one for the house of prayer, one for prayer in general, uh, one for men's ministry, Uh, and uh, these have actually been really good. There's been a lot of interaction, and by the way, if you want to be on one of these and you're not, uh, just let me know, and I'll point you to the person who can get you on them, because I try not to be the administrator for any of them. So they've just kind of taken a life on their own. And uh, a few weeks ago, one of the guys in the men's group posted a question. He said, what is your faith based on? What is your faith based on? And that's a really fascinating question. That's something we should all ask ourselves. What is your faith based on? And there were a lot of interesting answers that came around. To, to understand that, we have to remind ourselves what faith is all about. Remember our definition of faith. Uh, Christian faith is choosing to trust and to act, often beyond our natural abilities, based on a true knowledge of God and God's ways, founded in a relationship with God, the Father, through Jesus Christ, the Son, and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what our faith is all about. So what is your faith based on what is your faith based on most of the time we in uh, christian tradition because we are people of the book uh, the the instinctive reaction that many of us have as christians is that my faith is based on the bible but actually that's not christian that's not christian I and mean, you say, the Bible's not Christian. No, I'm not saying the Bible's not Christian, but hear me out. If you are a Muslim, do you know what the word of God is for a Muslim? It's the Quran, It's a book. If you're a Christian, do you know what the word of God is? It's Jesus. It's a person. It's one of the fundamental differences between christianity and say islam uh, that our faith is not based on a book and if your faith is based on a book even the book of the bible that can present a lot of problems it can present a lot of challenges so what happens if you find out that maybe a verse or two of the bible has a bit of an error in it now, that might be shocking to you, but very interestingly, you may or may not realize, you might remember the, the novel by Simon Rushdie uh, uh, a couple of decades ago now called The Satanic Verses that got him almost killed. Uh, and The Satanic Verses is about uh, a group of verses in the Quran that they believe were inserted by Satan, that they weren't inspired by God. And so the problem is, if your faith is based on a book and Satan inserts verses into that book, how can you trust that book at all? How can you really believe that it is God's word? And that's a fundamental issue that uh, people who follow Islam face. If you have satanic verses in your book, and your book is the foundation of your faith, then how strong can your faith possibly be? I believe that's one of the reasons why, as Christians, we don't have a full copy of the Bible, an early copy of the Bible. We don't have a complete copy. We don't have a complete original copy of the Old Testament or an original copy of any of the letters of the New Testament. I think that's why God didn't allow that, because God doesn't want us to base our faith On a book, God wants us to base our faith on him. And true, when you look at all the existing copies of the Bible and you compare them, you'll find that a few of them differ. They're different ideas. They're different attitudes from different copies. Now, none of these differences are substantial, so there's no differences among the existing copies in terms of doctrine, in terms of what Jesus did or what Jesus said, these kinds of things. But there are differences. For example, uh, many of us look at the story of the woman caught in adultery. You remember where Jesus said, let the person who's without sin cast the first stone. But actually, that story is not in some of the earliest copies of the Gospel of John that we have. So is that the book? I believe it is. I believe it is. But my faith isn't based on the book. Now, that's not to say that I don't believe what the book says. I do, obviously. I believe that the Bible is trustworthy. It's true. It's inspired. It has authority. I certainly believe all those things, but it's not the basis of my faith. Well, then another another thing that some people might say, well, the basis of my faith then is in the teachings of Jesus. I understand that uh, the film The Life of Brian is being reissued in the cinemas. It's like the 40th anniversary and sadly because of some of the the, the language in the life of Brian, I can't recommend it, but I do remember seeing it uh, and uh, uh, I, I never really uh, uh, I never really... I always thought that it, was, it had some good insights for us as Christians, so I never joined in with those that wanted to picket it when, it when it all came out. But a couple of years ago, I was watching a documentary on the making of that film. And it was very interesting. They were interviewing John Cleese, one of the Monty Python troupe. They were interviewing John Cleese about the film and about the foundations of the film. And he said, when we started out... We wanted to make a film that made fun of Jesus. We wanted to make a film that was a parody of Jesus. So we decided to read the New Testament. And once we read about Jesus, we realized you can't make fun of this man. There's something real about him. This is not somebody that you can parody. Parody. And so then they went in a different direction. And so the life of Brian was not intended to be a parody of the life of Jesus. The life of Brian was intended to be a satire on how easily people follow Messiahs that aren't real. And so for some people, you know, it's about the teaching of Jesus. Jesus was a great teacher. He taught about love. He taught about all these things. And and people will base their faith on that. But actually... If Jesus is just a good teacher and he's dead somewhere, how does that make him any different from any other good teacher? How does that make him any different than the Buddha or Muhammad or uh, any of the philosophers or the moral philosophers, John Stuart Mill here in the United Kingdom? How does that make him? And how, how do we trust what he said? It's just another idea, another set of teachings in the marketplace of ideas that we can choose to embrace or not to embrace. So perhaps that's not the basis of our faith. Then, of course, we can say Jesus' death. I mean, obviously, we, we all believe in Jesus' teaching. We believe in Jesus' death, Jesus' death on the cross, you know, what he endured as an innocent man, how he suffered. You know, surely that can be the basis of our faith. But there have been a lot of good people who have died. I imagine that of the 200 people or so, that, at least, that have died there in Sri Lanka, that many of them were really good people. Many of them gave their lives for a worthy cause. Many of them believed in what they were doing. It could be that we find a story of how maybe somebody gave their life to save somebody else. Because as Jesus said, no greater love has anyone than this than to lay down his or her life for their friends. So maybe we'll find that maybe a mother shielded her child from the blast and saved the child or, or a husband shielded his wife or some other kind of heroism that we often get in these kinds of situations. And these are noble deaths just like Jesus' death was a noble death, but is that the basis for our faith? Because certainly... Many people die for a worthy cause, but certainly many people also die in deception for a cause that is unrighteous or unworthy. So maybe the death of Jesus is not really the basis of our faith. That leaves us with what Paul tells us. That leaves us with what the Scripture tells us. What is our faith based on? Our faith is based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not the resurrection of Jesus Christ as an idea. I remember sitting at a table back about 25 years ago, maybe a little bit longer now, sitting at a table in Louisville, Kentucky. No, it was Chicago, Illinois. Sorry. Uh, sitting at a table in Chicago, Illinois, at a big conference uh, sponsored by a denomination to look at the future of the denomination, and I sat with another pastor, and we were talking, and it so- sounded like we were agreeing on a lot of different things. And several elders were there as well. And uh, and this pastor, as we talked along, he said, "You know what? What is the real problem with Christianity today? Is that is the bodily resurrection?" And I thought, yeah, okay, because I'm a guy that likes to tease as well as anybody else. You know, most of you have been the brunt of that at some point in time, and I like to be teased, you know, that it, it's a thing. So I thought, I thought he was making fun here, you know, so I played along for a little bit. Then I realized he was serious. And in his mind, all we needed to do was get rid of the idea that Jesus was bodily risen from the dead and just accept it as the metaphor... That it is not a reality, not a historic thing that happened, but just a metaphor of life. And it was the closest I ever came to telling somebody they were going to die and go to hell and they needed to repent. Because that's not mine to judge. But boy, this guy was judging himself. And eventually he got up and he left the table. He said, I, I can see we're getting nowhere because I was pretty vigorous uh, in my response. Even though I didn't tell him he was going to hell, I was vigorous. And he got up, he walked away. And then I finally looked at the the other four elders at the table who were sitting with their mouths open like... And then after a moment pause, they looked at me and said, we agree with you. Because that is the reality. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. He was dead. He was put into the ground. The stone was rolled away. These people knew death. It's, it, they were acquainted with death. He wasn't just injured. He wasn't just, you know, maybe mostly dead. Uh, like in, if you've ever seen The Princess Bride, there's the thing where he's just mostly dead all day. He wasn't mostly dead all day. He was really dead. He was really in the ground. He was there. And on the third day, the stone was rolled away by the angels and Jesus Christ rose bodily from the dead. The grave is empty and Jesus is alive. And Paul testifies to this. And the reason why 1 Corinthians 15 is so important is that it is the first recorded testimony of the resurrection of jesus christ and it's a testimony that was written and widely circulated around the ancient world that jesus really is alive it was done within just a few years of jesus death and it was done within the lifetime of people who were there as eyewitnesses and notably there's nothing in the ancient world that seeks to refute the resurrection of jesus christ There's no scholar that's risen up from the ancient world and said, no, no, you know, they were saying that Jesus rose from the dead, but here we have a body of evidence that proves that he was not risen from the dead. No, that is not true. The grave is empty. Jesus is alive. And Paul proclaimed it. Everybody proclaimed it. The apostles proclaimed it. All the followers of Jesus proclaimed it. They all proclaim that Jesus Christ has risen bodily from the grave and that he is alive. And that is the foundation of our faith. Paul says if Jesus is not risen from the dead, then we are to be pitied above all people. If Jesus is not risen from the dead, then our faith is utterly futile, useless, and in vain. If Jesus is not risen from the dead, then frankly, we're stupid to get up on a Sunday morning and come to this place and give any money to this place because it's much more attractive in the lives, in the busy warp and woof of our weeks, to stay in bed and have a good lie in on Sunday mornings. But Jesus has risen from the dead. And that's kind of why we get risen from our beds because Jesus Christ is alive and that is the basis of our faith. Our base our faith is based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is alive and that is the most clearly established historic reality of the ancient world. The evidence is overwhelming Jesus really has risen from the dead. Jesus really has risen from the dead. And that's what Paul said. He said, absolutely, for certain, we've seen him. I've talked to people who've seen him, and I've seen him myself. Jesus Christ is alive. And that is the basis of our faith. And that basis of our faith makes sense of everything else. Because Jesus is risen from the dead, that means he died on the cross, not in vain, but as a sacrifice for our sins. Because Jesus is risen from the dead, it makes sense of his, of, of his death on the cross and all that he did in his death on the cross that Christ died on the cross, as Paul says, for our sins. He paid the price there for our sins. He was an innocent man who died on the cross for our sins so that we can have life and we can trust that reality because jesus is risen from the dead that reality makes sense of everything that jesus said why is it that we should follow what jesus said and why is it that we should follow what his followers said we follow what jesus said because he has risen from the dead no other, no other religious leader in history has said, hey, by the way, guys, I'm going to go to the big city, uh, they're going to be tra- I'm going to be betrayed, I'm going to be crucified, but hey, don't sweat it, on the third day I'm going to rise from the dead. And he said that multiple times before he died, and he did it. And that's why we trust everything that he said, and that's why we know that we need to do what he tells us to do, and what his followers tell us to do. Because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And it is the resurrection of Jesus Christ that validates the Bible. Because all of the Old Testament points to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. All of it. It looks to Jesus. It points us out. Isaiah 53. Nobody knew what Isaiah 53 meant in the ancient world. Nobody understood it. Rabbis were debating it. Nobody understood it until Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. It was not at his death that they understood Isaiah 53. It was after his resurrection that they understood Isaiah 53. All of the Bible points to this event. All of the Bible flows from this event. And the Bible is important for us. It is authoritative for us because in it, it is the witness to Jesus Christ. It is the uh, apostles' teaching to which we are to be devoted. It is our guide for life following on our resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. Our faith is rising up because it's based in the resurrection. And that is what we stand on. That is the solid basis of our lives. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right now, in recent years, it's said that a majority of people in the United Kingdom no longer believe in the resurrection, that many people in churches no longer believe in the resurrection. But Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. It's as certain as we possibly can be about anything in ancient history. Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And the key question is, what are you going to do about it? Notice what Jesus said to Thomas. He said, Thomas, don't disbelieve, but believe. Don't have anti-faith but have faith. And I tell you, Thomas, you're blessed because you've seen and you've believed, but even more blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. That's us. We are blessed because we know that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead and Christ has worked in our hearts and caused us to follow him, caused us to surrender our lives to him. And he invites us to do that again and again, every single day. Surrender our lives. And we know we can do this because Christ has risen from the dead. What is my faith based on? It's based on this resurrection of Jesus Christ. Father God, I pray that you just stir up inside of us this confidence, this supernatural confidence in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I thank you that Christ died and that Christ is risen for us, that he rose bodily on that third day. Jesus, we honor you. We worship you. We exalt you. We thank you. We love you for all that you've done for us. We thank you for the Bible which is your word spoken to us in the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the special gift that it is for us. We thank you for your marvelous teachings of how you said what you heard the Father saying and you did what you saw the Father doing so that we could hear what the Father was saying and say that and do what the Father was doing. We thank you that you died on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins paying the penalty that we deserved and we thank you most of all that on the third day you rose bodily from the grave and you are alive and we celebrate that reality and our faith is based on that reality and we boldly move forward in faith because of that reality the reality of your resurrection We love you and praise you. Amen.